Did you all hear that? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's like not not good technology. <laughs> uh, um, so you're going to be recorded. Just remember that. Don't say anything you don't want recorded. begin. If you haven't already begun, please take the seated posture and let go of everything else. Quit eating, drinking, smoking, dancing. Just sit down and relax and find a posture that is upright. So that as much as possible you're on your sits bones. And it's always great to see everybody, so if you're not overly shy, you can always um, uh, open the video so that we actually are a little more here together. Thank you. Yeah. And then as you adjust your posture so that it's relatively upright and also relaxed, just check if there's any holding or tightness or tension that you can release, whether it's holding your jaw tight or your shoulders. And of course, letting your torso be relaxed, letting the belly be relaxed. letting the awareness saturate the body so that you get a felt sense of the body sitting here from head to toe from side to side back and front just however the body displays itself in your consciousness as you sense it become aware of it 
of course the body may feel heavy or light. Or it may be warm or cool. feel a certain solidity or it may feel very empty and when you feel comfortable relaxed here aware of your body sitting here be aware of the movement that's created by your life's breath. If you're feeling sleepy, it's very, very helpful to sit upright or open your eyes or stand up and meditate standing. Very legitimate way to practice. And we can start to be aware of the body and the breathing that's right here. You don't have to do the body or do the breathing. We just want to be aware of what's sitting in our seat or standing in our place. As you're aware of the body and breathing, stay very close to the breath, very intimate with the breath. 
as a way to nourish the samadhi that's part of the Eightfold Path. For the moment, letting everything else be in the background as you let the body and the breathing be in the foreground. And we like to give people choice to see what guides them during the meditation. You're free to stay with the body breath, keeping it very simple, just being aware of this breath, this moment, breathing. And if you feel composed, collected, you can open the field of awareness and be whatever, be mindful, aware of whatever is predominant in your experience, which may continue to be the body and the breathing, or it may be other sensations in the body become predominant, or it may be some feeling or emotion or mood that's predominant. Or perhaps the sounds themselves, my voice, the sounds in your room or outside of your room become predominant. Or sometimes thought becomes predominant, ideas, beliefs, memories, plans, fantasies. And we don't want to get involved with the content. We want to be aware of the process of thought happening, of sounds occurring and being known, of feelings or emotions or moods just displaying themselves. We don't have to do anything you simply want to rest in what knows. Simply being aware of what's here, whether it's smells or sounds or feelings or emotions or thoughts or the body breathing.
staying very present here, now, this moment, moment by moment by moment, being mindful of the life that's sitting right here in all its simplicity, being aware of how it does itself.
again, everybody. Um, I have a couple announcements before the talk. Um, the Monday, um, the Monday class at noon this week will be led by Raúl uh, Coronado, and um, they've been doing teaching a month on metta, on loving kindness, because they're doing four months on the Brahma Viharas. So this month is metta. This will be the last one tomorrow, and then in uh, where are we? We're in May, June. Um, they'll go into uh, Karuna, compassion. And um, I think Maggie, uh, you were going to speak. I'm looking for where you are, Maggie. There you are. Hi, please. Hi there. Hi, everyone. So I'll be doing a talk on Dana. Dana is the Buddhist word for generosity. And in Buddhist teachings, the practice of generosity or sharing what we have is centered on openness. And this practice helps us to cultivate the spirit of caring that fosters interconnection and embracing others through compassion and love. This practice and giving dana has been a Buddhist practice that has supported the teachings of the Dharma for over 2,500 years. And at SF Insight, we carry on this tradition of giving dana by inviting donations from the community and from those who have benefited from the Dharma teachings to continue to support the Sangha so that more people may also benefit from these Dharma teachings. So if you wish to make a financial offering of dana, you may click the link in the chat box that will direct you to SF Insights donation page, and we'll get that in there shortly. And thank you. Great. Thank you, Maggie. And thank you all for your generosity that supports SFI. <clears throat> so um, tonight, I'd like to talk about... Uh, surprise and discovery and mystery and the talk came about because I was surprised about something and uh, it was um, usually um, one of the board members sends me uh, uh, an email uh, probably on, usually on Thursday and says what are you going to talk about and you know is there a quote or something to what's the topic and um, it didn't come. I didn't notice it until, um, I don't know, yesterday morning. And so I was like surprised that I hadn't gotten a note because I, sometimes I don't track these things. And, and mostly I don't track them. I need the notes. notes. They're helpful, actually. And so, uh, so, and then I thought, oh, shit, what am I going to talk about? And I thought, well, maybe I should talk about surprise because it's part of the Dharma, and it's also what was happening for me. And, um, and, uh, and so then I started, of course, reflecting on, well, why didn't I get the email? And then I remembered that the person who usually sends it had been having a little bit of difficulty, and so I was concerned about her difficulty. So then I called her not to get the email but to just see how she was doing and so 
I'm saying it because I'm bringing surprise into the Dharma. It's part of the Dharma. When we're surprised, sometimes we wake up a little bit or remember something a little bit, and then we act on it. We can act skillfully. And it was, it was good to hear and talk to her about what was happening and how it happened and both the health issues and also the work issues that were, she was dealing with that were difficult. And of course, surprise happens in a lot of ways. And, you know, most of you know me, I'm like a sports guy a little bit. And the Warriors lost, and I was surprised by that because they looked good enough at the end of the season, and they had two games to win one game. And if they won one game, they would get in the playoffs. And I would be really happy because I didn't expect them to win the championship or anything, but. It's fun for me to watch the Warriors. I think I've said this before. They're like my family now. I've watched them enough years, and I know who they are, and and I care about them. And uh, you know, it's so. And then they lost. So I was really surprised at that. And then today I had another little sports surprise. That I'm, I'm not a big golf guy, but you know, I pay attention to sports and the PGA, PGA Championship, Professional Golfers Association Championship was happening in South Carolina, which is on an island out, off of South Carolina. So it was right in the water, not in the water, but you know, the island is in the water. And it was windy. It actually looked like California. I kept thinking, where are they? Are they in California? And so I watched a little bit just to see who was winning because I knew that this man, uh, Phil Mickelson, was playing, and he was old for golf, right? He's 50, so he's an old golfer, but he's good. And I, re- and I heard he had a chance to win. And so I watched a little bit, just the end for 15 minutes, the last couple holes, and, uh, and he, he won, and he beat all these young people. And uh, and he, you know, in, in golf world, he created history because he he's the oldest person to ever win a, a, a tournament of that magnitude. What yeah, which I forget what they call him, a, a masters or something. But um, but it was pretty cool for me. So I was surprised that he did it because that's not easy to do, and he's not like who he was. 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but he's still good. And it also, and they said an interesting thing that he's kept his body in pretty good shape, but he's got more and more, um, um, he's kept his mind attuned to the game. And it's like his mind is sharper than ever for how to play the game. And that's a really great piece for us in the Dharma because, you know, hopefully we keep our bodies as together as possible, but we also want to keep our mind together and keep our mind clear, as clear as possible and as discerning as possible and as intelligent as possible. And it was fun to see him talk about that at the end when he got his award. And, you know, of course, the main thing he said at the end, or they just showed him calling his wife and and telling her how much he loved her. And then even when he received the award, he had to thank her for her love. 
and the love that he felt, not just from her, but from his brother and some friends and his coach. And, and it was also a beautiful understanding of the kind of mudita, the kind of, of joy that arises when things are good and there's love. And joy is one of the expressions of love in that way. And so uh, I also like to talk about surprise as part of the Dharma because I'm often surprised by a lot of things about the Dharma and also the mystery of reality, of, of even words and communication is something I really like. And I, of course, I'm a teacher and I talk a lot, so I, I use words. Um, but it's not just that oh, the words work, which hopefully they do, but also I'm always learning more about words. It's one of my little pet something, pet attachments. I don't know if it's really an attachment, but it's a it's a real something I like to do is, you know, I, I'm on some web thing that sends me a word a day, you know, a new word a day. And then I always like to look up words and see where did they come from? And how did we get them? What did they mean when they originally were formed by human beings who, uh, who formed words in every language and it's, they formed words in every different language, right? Whether it's English or Spanish or German or Chinese or Japanese or, you know, I don't even know, you know, Russian or whatever, whatever language there is. They're all words being made up by people that mean something. And so I always liked that. And I was, uh, you know, one of my favorite words, um, or here, no, this is, um, words also allow us to be real together, to learn about one another, to be honest together right and to be truthful together and it's one of the cutting edges for us as sangha practice is learn how to be real and speak together so we can understand and discover who we are and who everybody else is because i don't assume to know anybody really and especially i have my assumptions and you know and my um you know, my own intuition about how somebody might be feeling or thinking. But I like to ask people what's actually their experience so that they can tell me. So, because of course, each person knows better than me what their experience is and what's happening for them. And even with my wife, it's like, I mean, I make a lot of assumptions about what's going on for her or how she's doing. But it's always great to actually ask and see, you know, maybe I'm right, you know, 50% of the time or something, if I'm lucky. But, but really it's about, you know, really who is she? Not the person that I married, you know, or have been with for 30 years, but who's the person who's here today now, who I might not even know who that is right now because she's not the person she was yesterday. And so I just like words and I like being real together in that way. And, and I did coin a new, it's not just a word, but it's a phrase. I've been asked to introduce myself in a, in a number of different spiritual situations and groups. 
So now when people ask me what my, who, you know, what tradition I'm from, I tell them I'm bi-spiritual. And I, I love that. I feel like, oh, I'm unique or something, or a little bit unique, because I'm bi-spiritual. Because I'm in, you know, I'm a Buddhist teacher and I'm a Diamond Approach teacher, and they're not the same traditions. And and really, I'm probably tri-spiritual because I'm Jewish, and it's just like you can't get away from it if you're Jewish. So you're Jewish, and uh, so it's it's a little tri-spiritual. But uh, but I was having dinner with friends because we can do that now if we people feel comfortable enough, right? If you're vaccinated or even if you're not, you feel comfortable enough. Some people do it that way. But I'm into the vaccination scene and we're vaccinated and our friends are max- vaccinated. So we had a, them over the other night and I was talking with my friend and she was... Uh, she was talking about her practice, and she's done a lot of practice, both in Buddhism and the Diamond Approach. And and uh, and she said, you know, I never got it. You always use that word that thing. Everything is wild. That life is wild, and that's a very that's a phrase I use a lot and experience a lot. And that this moment is wild, actually, and it is to me. And so she said, oh yeah, I never got it. I never got exactly what she was saying. And this woman is very smart and psychic a bit. And, uh, and, and then she said, but I was practicing, doing this practice, and it was like, all of a sudden I got it. Oh, it's right here is wild. This moment is wild. And it, and it is, in my opinion. So it's totally fun to talk to her then about the wildness of this moment. And here's a quote from Sayadaw Utejaniya. He said, if we think that a certain experience is lingering longer than we'd like, we're not observing properly. If we think a certain experience is lingering longer than we like, we're not observing properly. No two moments are the same. Every moment is fresh and every moment is changing. And it really, it's kind of a, it's as we get more and more intimate with our experience, with the breath, there's never, two breaths are never the same, right? They're never the same. We might project the idea, oh, it feels the same, or it smells the same, or tastes the same, but it's actually never the same in any moment. And so it's a beautiful part of the Dharma, right? And, uh, and to, to begin to see that as our practice and how wild it is that no moment is the same ever. I mean, to me, that's totally wild still. I mean, even, you know, to, you know and of course, I think you all know this, but you want to, I keep, you want to know it in the lived experience of right now because that's where it is. And Pam has been teaching, I, I, don't, I don't know if she used this last week, I know she gave a talk last week, and also she gave a talk for, maybe it was some group in, I believe, New York, and she asked me um, Friday night or, um, to, to listen to her talk, which means she tells me the themes of what she's talking about, and you know, how's it sound? What do you think? And we do this, sometimes I do this with her too. 
And, um, and she told me some of the themes and some of the quotes she was using. And I'm like, oh, that's a good quote. I want that quote. Um, give me that quote. And, and we steal quotes from one another when, when it's skillful. And so one of the quotes she used, and she may have used this last week in her talk about trees. She talked about trees last week. Um, and this quote is not about trees, but it's about, um, it's from Zen. It's a Zen proverb. And they say, in, in all the world, there is no place to spit. In, oh, did she use that? Yeah, great. A great quote, I mean, like, great dharma. In the whole world, there is no place to spit. I mean, I just, it's, I feel like, oh, I just want to keep spitting that out. There's no place to spit. And it's so beautiful to realize how wild every place is, everything is, every moment is. Because it's all brand new. It's all, and it's all, practice and we can always discover this newness and what's possible for us as human beings and so practicing right is always an adventure because we don't know what's going to happen like you all remember COVID-19 right anybody forgotten about COVID-19 right Right, And now we have some kind of cure or change, even though it's not done. And, but soon it will be post-COVID-19. And, and, and so the question is, how do we practice with whatever's here and open to the surprise or the unfamiliar and discover what's here and work with the mystery of that ongoing unfoldment? And so, of course, opening in that way means opening to suffering, difficulty, dukkha. It also means opening to sukha, to goodness, to happiness. But really, the first place we open are what is what's most compelling, which is dukkha. And so part of what we've all been dealing with in some way, shape, or form is it was a war between Hamas and Israel that right now is there's a, there's a pause in the war and hopefully it'll stop. But it's, it's um, really um, a difficult uh, world because of the dukkha of the world, of the otherism that happens on both sides, especially in that situation of, uh, you know, how I understand what's happening there. There are tribes that have lived there for 5,000 years in some shape or form, and they're fighting over land and property and privilege and, and freedom also. And so, you know, how do we let the dukkha touch our hearts, the dukkha of both sides touch our, our hearts and open to it? And I'll read to you a quote from Kyrie Irving. How many people know who Kyrie Irving is? Okay, a few people. Great. Caroline, I'm, I'm happy to see that hand up. Um, um, Kyrie Irving is a basketball player who now plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And he was being interviewed during the war between Hamas and Israel. 
And he said, I'm not going to lie to you guys. A lot of stuff is going on in this world. And basketball is just not the most important thing to me right now. There's a lot of things going on overseas. All our people are still in bondage across the world. And, and there's a lot of dehumanization going on. So I apologize if I'm not going to focus. If I'm not going on in the world. Wait. If I'm not going to be focused on your questions. It's just too much going on in the world for me to be talking about basketball. I focus on that most of the time, 24-7, but it's just too much going on in the world uh, not to address. It's just sad to see this shit going on. It's not just in Palestine, but in Israel, and it's all over the world. I feel it. I'm very compassionate to it, to all races, all cultures, and to see it and to see a lot of people being discriminated against based on their religion, the color of their skin, what they believe in. It's just sad. I don't care which way you stand on either side, Irving said. If you're a human being, then you support the anti-war effort. There's a lot of people losing their lives, children, a lot of babies, and, and that's just what I'm focused on. So if you want to ask me questions about the game, I don't, really don't care about it except for everybody leaving the game healthy and being able to go home to their families. And so, and I always, I find it so interesting these days how sports and sports figures have a platform to talk about their perspective and the understanding and view of the world that they have given who they are and their culture and their tradition and their race and their orientation and their perception of the world and what's going on so that their voices are being heard and representing their communities and their families and their cultures. And it's, it's right in line with, in all the world, there is no place to spit. There's nothing to deny. There's nothing to denigrate. We want to wake up in this world and free ourselves and everybody and see how to do that, learn how to do that, discover it day by day, moment by moment. And it calls on our practicing, right? Because practice reveals the dukkha and it also reveals the beauty of the dharma, of truth, of reality. But we have to be willing to deal with our own dukkha individually and then collectively both. His Holiness the Dalai Lama said to diminish the suffering of pain we need to make a crucial distinction between the pain of pain and the pain we create by our thoughts and the pain. This is a really beautiful little teaching from His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Right, the difference between the pain of pain and the pain we create by our thoughts and our and and the pain. In other words, there's you know, I have certain pains in my body, but how I think about it, how I feel about it, my reaction to it is a different kind of pain. It's really the dukkha of dukkha. There is dukkha, there's pain in the body, but but it's the second arrow is if I 
judge myself for having the pain or yell at myself for having the pain. Or as he says, he goes on, he says, fear, anger, guilt, loneliness, and helplessness are all mental and emotional responses that can intensify pain. And so we want to be aware of when we're having an emotion or, or uh, some kind of mental thought response instead of just believing it. It's also part of our nature to have thoughts and feelings. It's not the essence of who and what we are. And so starting to distinguish, discern the difference between our thoughts, feelings, sensations, and what's aware of them is a very important part of practice that we want to keep supporting and encouraging and learning about. It's the same thing that I said before from Utejaniya, right? He says, no two moments are the same. Every moment is fresh. Every moment is changing. And then the, the goodness that's possible when we get here, just here, just in this moment, where everybody here is basically okay. You know, nobody's being threatened in, the, in this actual moment, in the lived moment. Can we just relax into this moment? Whatever it is, even if you're bored or interested or like the talk, don't like the talk, you know, and there may be some body pain or you might be tired or whatever is here may be true, but basically we're good enough and just that. And then what happens when we really get here is Mary Oliver, the poet, she says, let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work. Let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work. My work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. Standing still and learning to be astonished. It's a beautiful teaching from Mary Oliver. Hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm still astonished by medicine when it works. <laughs> doesn't always work so well, but really when it works, I mean, I'm astonished they've got a vaccine for COVID-19 and for me it works, right? Or that I once had hepatitis C and they figured out a way to cure it. And in two shots over two months, I was cured of something I was living with for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I don't even know how long because it was dormant for a long time before it was obvious, right? And then, but and human beings can discover those things and do discover those things and give their lives for health, which is, I think, a really great thing to devote one's life, life to. And it allows us to see the goodness of human beings, of human beings. And some of that goodness is sitting in every a seat, of course, you're in every little square here on my computer, right? But really, it's in every seat right here. I did go to my first gathering uh, yesterday. It's for, in the Diamond Approach, I'm part of the Diversity and Inclusivity Committee. And we meet, we've met regularly, even all year on Zoom, you know, and I see them like I'm seeing you. But we had a little picnic at somebody's house yesterday. 
And so it's like all of a sudden there are these real live people with real flesh and we're hugging and it's like, oh my God, just hug me more, you know? It's like I haven't been hugged in so long, like, you know? And just, just seeing the liveness of all the people, it was so beautiful just to see their liveness. And here's part of the odd magic of Zoom. Even here, I can see you're alive and the liveness that's sitting here. You know, whether you're in front of a painting or a mirror or a window or, or a blank wall or you've got something hanging up behind you that I don't even know what the hell it is. I've asked before, but I forget. And, and you know, and, and it's the liveness is right here and it's just beautiful in my opinion, right? And it's good, it's good, it's good to be here. It's good to be alive, even though life can be very difficult. This moment is still good because we're alive and we are not always going to be alive. And in dinner the other night with my friend, one of my friends been having a lot of pain for a long time, a lot of body dukkha, a lot of goodness, brought up a lot of trauma which he learned about and he's been dealing with, but it's not done. And it's, and it's so moving to talk to him and see the vulnerability that's here with this kind of pain, both, both physical and psychological about the trauma and, um, and, and the beauty of the goodness of his being, the heart that's there, that's part of all of it. And then, and, and the hardest part is, of course, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's trying different things, especially for the pain. And, uh, and we found a new person that we're sending him to, and we'll see. You know, we don't know, but it's, you know, it's exciting to see what's possible because we don't know. We can be surprised at any point. This is from, from John O'Donoghue, who writes beautifully about the human life, because we never know what's, what's going to unfold. He said, I would, love, I would love to live like a river flows. I would love to live like a river flows, carried by the surprise of its own unfolding. I would love to live like a river flows, carried by the surprise of its own unfold, unfolding. And I mean, and that's just, I mean, each of us could live with that teaching. Just, can we be with the newness of each moment? Even though things are also difficult, I'm not saying they're not, but also we don't know what's going to happen in any moment. And we can sometimes start to observe the beauty that's in our life or in our work or in what we do or in gardening, or in cooking. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Some people really know how to cook, and it's like, thank God it's how I feel, because like, I'm not a good cook. I'm a good, I'm a good reheater <laughs> when there's stuff in the fridge. I'm good at reheating it. And, you know, I was a musician for many years, and so I, I always love the mystery of music and the discovering that can happen. I played improvised music and you never knew what was going to come out. And John Coltrane, one of the brilliant 
American musicians who uh, who played for many years and was very spiritual actually. His, his drummer, Elvin Jones, he said, I've been touched by something greater than life. I've been touched by something greater than life, talking about what it was like to play with Coltrane. And that's, that's a beautiful understanding of the magic of reality, of the, of the mystery of what unfolds, because whatever Coltrane did came through him. He didn't do it, it did him, just like what the Dharma does to us. And I was thinking about my teacher, Hamid Ali, who uh, was a physicist, and I've mentioned this before, and studying, studying physics at UC California when he was an immigrant in this country. And he was studying um, um, Einstein and uh, E equals MC squared. And then he had a bad motorcycle accident. And the story is he went out of his body in the accident and watched it from above. And it woke him up because he thought, oh, there's another realm of, of reality to study what he's interested in, which is how the universe works. And he switched from science to spirituality at that point. That, that changed his life. So Lao Tzu, the Taoist poet, said, where the mystery is the deepest is the gate of all that is subtle and wonderful. And the same sentiment is expressed by Annie Lamont, the American poet, California, and Dharma practitioner, she says, there is ecstasy in paying attention. There is ecstasy in paying attention. You can get a kind of words worthy and openness to the world where you see in everything the essence of holiness, a sign that God is implicit in all of creation. And it is, it's a wild vision when that happens. And you can't make that happen, but it it comes sometimes when you just see in this moment everything is just here and magical and wild and in her language you know it's a sign that God is implicit in all of creation and there's another quote that Pam used that I love so when I saw it I said I'm going to steal that one too uh, and it's from uh, uh, Bendawa Dogen in a text called Bendawa, which Bendawa means the wholehearted way. And it's about, he's talking about sitting, and he says this is not only practice while sitting, he's talking about what it is to practice. This is not only practice while sitting, it is like a hammer striking emptiness. I mean, that's like fantastic dharma. It is like a hammer striking emptiness. And I know Pam said, don't think about this too much. And I'm fine if you want to think about it, but just hear the poetry that's here and the beauty. It is like a hammer striking emptiness before and after its exquisite peel permeates everything. How can it be limited to this moment? Hundreds of things manifest original practice from the original face. It is impossible to measure, 
know that even if all Buddhas of the Ten Directions, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges, exert their strength, and with the Buddha's wisdoms try to Buddha's wisdom tries to measure the merit of one person's practice, they will not be able to fully comprehend it. I'm going to say it again. It's so beautiful. This is not only practice while sitting. It is like a hammer striking emptiness. Before and after, its exquisite peel permeates everywhere. How can it be limited to this moment? Hundreds of things manifest original practice from the original face, which means true nature. It's a way to describe true nature. It is impossible to, to measure. Know that even if all Buddhas of the Ten Directions, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges, exert their strength with the Buddha's wisdom, try to measure the merit of one person's zazen or meditation or practice, either way, merit of one person's meditation, they will not be able to fully comprehend it. It's because it's all wild what's happening, and we're part of that wildness. You, you are that wildness. And I'm going to end with the last poem from uh, Joe Harjo, who's the Nobel Laureate of the United States, right? She's, uh, uh, she's uh, from the Mukoji, uh uh, peoples, and her name I found out it means it's from uh, a word meaning crazy, or um, or so brave as to seem crazy. Crazy or so brave as to seem crazy, and that's a beautiful understanding of what it takes to 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 practice the Dharma. It's crazy just to go sit. I mean, really, it's like totally ridiculous on some level. I mean, all we do is sit and walk, right? I mean, that's, you know, it's sitting. You're just sitting down, and yet anything can happen. And you need to be brave in this way, so brave as to seem to be crazy, to do it and keep doing it and do it more and then see where it takes you. So she wrote this beautiful poem, Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon. Know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn. That is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown, which we're, we're coming to now. Remember sundown and the giving away to night. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and of hers. Remember your father, he is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are, red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth, we are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them, listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of the universe. Remember, you are all people. 
and all people are you. Remember you are this universe and this universe is you. Remember all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember language comes from this. Remember the dance language is, that life is. Remember. So those are a few thoughts tonight. We have some time for any comments, questions. You know, I love to hear from you. I love to hear your thoughts or opinions or reactions or liking or not liking. And, uh, and I don't read the chat when I'm working, so please use the, um, you could go to the reactions button. Let me see if that's the one that has, yeah, that has a raise hand button. And yeah, and then let me just go right. Do it a little differently. I go to participants and I get the order. And remember, if you've never talked, please speak up. We, we want your voice here. It, it's important to have your voice here, really. Even if you're shy, don't, don't let the shyness stop you from talking. Okay, um, Don, please unmute yourself. Okay, I'm here. Uh, okay, wait, I'm going to switch to... Uh, to um, what do you call it, to uh, speaker view. Okay, hi, Don. Hi, uh, thank you so much for the talk. It was uh, very nice. My confusion, uh, which I've always had, at the beginning, you were speaking about that it's good enough, we're, we are good enough just because we are here, just as we are, or my interpretation of what you said, just as we are, I am good enough. So if I'm here and I'm, depressed or not feeling good or even thinking that I'm not good enough right. just because I'm here because I guess I'm breathing right that I'm good enough now yes. here's the thing then the, the quotes that you were speaking that the hammer hitting I think the silence and that last quote these very amazing states of consciousness yeah. which I have touched I, I you know I, I go through those too but when I was hearing those, it's like, I want those more. Right. I already get them. And, but I want them more. But if I'm saying I want them more, uh -huh. somehow I have to start with, I'm not good enough as I am. Because oh, if wow. I were. No, no. no. Yeah. You, you get to want them. Wanting is not bad. Wanting is good. Why would I want if I'm okay I'm looking at it being good enough. Well, well it, it is like, good enough. So, I mean, I mean, my life is totally good enough and I want things. I, and I have no question that my life is good enough. I mean, it's more than good enough. I mean, I sometimes think it's ridiculously good and I still want things. I still want to give a good talk. Right? Even though the talk's good enough. And sometimes... It's not a good talk, <laughs> you know, and, and, but it's still good enough. And so you're hearing the paradox that I'm speaking. And, 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 I'm, and all I'm saying is I want to give you full permission to want whatever you want and start to be aware of not what you want, but the wanting itself. 
Does that make sense? Talk just a little more about that. So, you know, you want some state of consciousness like, you know, like the poem from Joy, right? Yes. Feel what wants it. Where does the want come from in you right now? Not, not, not the concept about the want, but the actual energy of the want. Yeah, I guess I'd say that's the part of me that's good enough. Well, it's more than good enough. It's your heart. It's your heart that wants it. In my opinion, right? Does that make sense? Yes. And so that's a good heart that wants that. So I'm good enough in the wanting of it, and even if I don't attain it in the way that I think it should be attained, right? It's already done. Well, it's not. Or it's there, or, there could be more, and let's see. But they then, could, okay. then you have the surprise and the discovery and the mystery of the Dharma. We're not in control. Okay. Right? Right? I'm not in control of SFI. People have shit happens and they don't contact me. And it's not like they're mad at me or that's bad or they're bad. Shit happens is part of the wonder of reality. That's that was a good line. I just want to quote that for myself. I like that line. <laughs> okay, does that make sense? Yeah, pretty. So I, I'm good enough. You are. I'm good enough. I mean, really good enough. Yeah, really, I mean, really, really, like really, really yeah. perfect. And no, no, you're not perfect. You're good enough without being perfect. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 it's good, because I, I yeah. really appreciate what we're talking about, because I'm that. not perfect. Are you kidding? Talk to my wife. She'll, she will attest <laughs> to that. But I'm good enough without being perfect. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough in the eyes of Buddha. How's then, that? Yeah, that's true. Sure. Okay, so good enough in the eyes of Buddha, which is good enough. I can get that, that. Good enough in the eyes of God, if you're believing, right. or good enough in the eyes of nature, which you are a part of. Right. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. And then being good enough in the eyes of God, then that's so that's that's good. That's really good. And I want, I desire out, out of being loved by Buddha or God. Out of that love, I want more love. Yeah, and you can want it. Okay. Feel, feel the but, but good, but good enough. Yeah. Before but, I even want, got it. Okay. Yeah. You, you, and really, the and the one more person you there's one more person you want to be good enough in the eyes of, in the addition of Buddha and God. Uh oh. Go ahead. You know who? I know. I <laughs> see you say that, and I go. I go way down. Yeah, that was Don't go down. Don't no. go down. It's no, I, I can see it. About, it's not about judgment. It's right. about relaxing. That's all. You're here. Okay. okay. And it's good enough to be, okay. Yeah. Just be here. Yeah. And that's the relaxing. That's I'm good enough. Oh, okay. And think and hear and talk and wonder and even be pissed off or irritated. I mean, it's just wonder. 
<coughs> you're alive, your nature. Yeah. And really, Uteshaniya, you might read a little bit about how he talks about the Dharma and practice as being aware of nature. It's all nature to him. Thoughts, feelings, sounds, smells, taste, touch. It's all nature. It's not something we're doing. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. No, I appreciate the conversation. Good. Thanks, Don. Okay, Ben. You're up, Ben. Hey, hey Eugene. Hey. Hi, Don. Uh, my conversation or my question, and I had some to contribute if there's time, but if not, that's fine. Yeah, um, let's for questions today because it's similar to Don's, really. Okay. Um, I mean, you know me. I w I've been on retreat with you some years ago and had a samadhi experience on that retreat. And I, I at one point thought it was because my practice got so quiet, but it was not. It, I, I, I look back at it and I realize it was because of surprise. <laughs> Good. That's um, yeah. Was, I, I think I told you I'd walked into the, the woods we were walking meditation and i encountered this tree at spirit rock and it it was this huge twin oak mm -hmm. uh twin trunk oak huge old and i i, I just i saw it and it saw me mm -hmm. that was and that's mm -hmm. that whole i was crying that whole experience right. was. So you had an experience where the mind open the heart opened and you saw reality yes and then when i went back to the meditation hall after the bell rang uh -huh. i sat and that's when it it became full when every cell in my body lit up and so on and so forth but um realizing that and, and realizing that there's a part of me that's attached or grasping that experience mm -hmm. that wants it and wanting it is okay, but right. if my mind keeps, it's not really wild if it's focused on that grasping or that. I think totally. Wild. I think it's totally wild when we get attached to something. I mean, it's <laughs> it's like totally. You know, it makes no sense yeah. at all, and we keep you know thinking we can make that happen. Yeah. Exactly. And, right. and, and there's a, a, a saying the Buddha said, and I'm, I can't quote it correctly, but it, he said, practice is like a, a bow. You, you pull it too much right. and it's too tight and you pull it not enough and it's too loose. You have right. to pull it just right to, right. to let the arrow fly. Right. And, and um, I, I know that sometimes my attention in sitting is too tight. It's too focused. And sometimes it's not. Uh, -huh. uh focused enough right uh, too loose but there's some degree of relaxation where it's just right where something can really enter that moment mm -hmm. um whoa, whoa whoa now you're seeing there's some degree of where it's just right maybe you know sometimes the best the best stuff happens when we're doing it wrong at least that's yeah. what i've seen yeah you know, I mean, all you were doing was walking into the woods and the tree talked to you. Something like that, yeah. 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 
it's it's kind of the miraculous. It's like a moment of miraculous. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah. wild and, and real and sort of the palpable realization that there's nowhere to spit. Right. It's all sacred. Okay. I'm going to quote you on that, okay? Nowhere to yeah. spit, it's all sacred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to keep going, Ben. Unless I, there... I, wanted, I wanted to read a Mary Oliver poem. Not now. Hold uh, on to it. Thank but you. I, I have a message for you on the chat. Okay, yeah. I'll look yeah. at the chat. Okay, thank you. Sure, okay. Luke. Hi, Luke. Eugene, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Well, I want to ask you, how, why do bad surprises happen to people? That's Two weeks ago, great. a bad surprise happened to me, and I didn't deserve it because I'm a good person. Yeah, whoa, 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 slow down. Now, that's a really important question. Why do bad surprises happen to people? Um, uh, you want to know what it is? Well, you want to tell me what it is? Yeah, I was in the middle of Market Street. I almost got run over at the same time by a skateboarder, an escaping thief, and a policeman. And it just came right out of nowhere. I ducked them all. And I'm wondering, what lesson is it that I have to learn from this? I think you got the lesson, duck. <laughs> I think you know, you already know the lesson. You know when to duck. Because shit happens. And we're not in control. And it's not personal. I, I can assure you, the skateboarder wasn't going after you. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, is that I was fully alert that day. I, before I went downtown, I did my meditation of 40 minutes, so I was alert. Good. You know, but the thing, this came right, right out of nowhere. Yeah. It was right. incredible. No, it is. It's wild. Yeah, it is. It's, skateboarders come out of nowhere. I, something, and, I, I think and escaping thieves and policemen right after that, you know, wait, at the same wait, time. I got the policeman. What was the other thing? The escaping thief. Oh, the thief. Yeah. Did, the, did the thief get caught? I don't know. He just, he was running away and the police was running after him. They both almost ran over me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're having a wild life. Yeah, I sure am. <laughs> so what's, is there anything else about that? Is there any question about any of it? Well, I'm just saying, I don't know. I just wish it wouldn't happen. Why? Because I, I could have not, I could have been bowled over and knocked out in the hospital. I, I wouldn't be here today if it happened. You, you weren't bowled over and knocked down. You're okay. Well, I got lucky, I guess. I guess luck is a surprise too, right? <laughs> well, it is, you know, it helps sometimes, but it also sounds like it helps that you were aware and awake and you could get out of the way of the thief and the cop and the skateboarder and whoever else might be doing their thing, having nothing to do with you. Nothing. No. And, and that's also, it's then, then you, when you see that it has nothing to do with you personally, you're seeing something about the Dharma in action, right? It wasn't like yeah. your fault or anything. It just, we're not in control of reality and getting comfortable with that, it takes some practice. Yeah, I don't like being not in control of reality, right, you know. I, well, good, good luck, Luke. Okay, yeah. <laughs> good luck, my friend. You okay. know, when you, when you get in control, call me and I'll, I'll be happy to... Bow okay, to sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, take care, Luke. Okay. Amy, please uh, unmute yourself, Amy. 
Hi. Um, hi, Eugene. Hi. Um, are you, where are you? You're outside? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, uh, Los Angeles. Very happy to join. You've been killing us in the baseball stuff lately. You probably don't even know. But. No, I'm, I'm actually a Warriors fan. I'm, I'm from the Bay Area, so <laughs> I'm heartbroken, too. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we can share that Duca. Yeah. That um, minor Duca. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Clay comes back next year, and that will make a difference. May that help, yes. May he be well, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So what's up? Well, I, I wanted to thank you for inviting in the voices of shy people specifically. Like you've done that a lot and I hear it and I'm like, that's so cool that you're yes. inviting us in. I'm very shy. It's it's hard yes. to talk in front of a lot of people. Okay. Here on Zoom. <laughs> um, so here, the, here's a trick. Don't look at the whole group. Look at me. I'm here with you. I'm not looking at the whole group. I've got you on speaker view. And you could do the same and and you don't even have to look at yourself i know how to get rid of the self view so you don't look at yourself and that feels better that's the hardest part is seeing yourself talking but but really and i'm kidding a little but really of course we want your voice and your voice is important and, and I mean saying this to you, but to everybody else shy, because a lot of people who speak, speak all the time. And, you know, they're good and I like them, but it's like they'll take up the time and then, and then it feels even more like, well, there's no time. So then why would I raise my hand or something? And it's not, and as part of a sangha, one of the skillful things when we're really, as we continue to deepen as a sangha, we would have the sensitivity not to raise our hand every week because we want to encourage everybody to participate, right? And so partly I'm saying that to the people who like to speak a lot, great, but remember there are other people and we're here to practice together, right? So yeah. what, what else now that no, I appreciate that so much. And I, I realize part of my practice is to put myself out there more and actually speak because I'm very good at listening and feeling uh -huh. connection for people um, and find it very hard to. Can to I give you can I give you a little instruction right now? Sure. So feel your body while you're speaking, really. And don't don't leave your body. Because you want to, there's an embodiedness that can support your presence here. And that's what we really want is your heart and mind, not your, you know, I mean, it's fine to be shy. That's not a problem. It's just shyness, mm -hmm. right? And but when you're here, when you get used to your butt on the cushion or your feet on the ground, you can focus on that to help calm you. Mm -hmm. Right, and then you can be here more, and that's and we just want all of you here in that way. Yeah. I definitely feel that. I wanted to share. I love the quotes so much, and just I have a very very short one that I'd like to share if that's okay. Um, yeah, from Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. Um, she says, "Trust from, from who?" Uh, Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she says, trust in the goodness of the earth, and you are the earth. And for me, that just that realization has made, it's really been life-changing for me. 
Great, beautiful. And it's true. Mm -hmm. Trust in the goodness of the earth and you are the earth. And that's a beautiful way for us to end tonight. Thank you. Great, good to meet you this way. See, now I'm gonna to go to group view and say goodbye to everybody. So, um, yeah, good to be here with you all. I think I'm here again next week. I think, I never look, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I'm here next week. And here, two things, one thing. If, if you wanna talk about a certain topic, send a, a note to, um, to San Francisco Insight about what topic, like, oh, Eugene, talk about this, or talk about this, this, and this. And then I'll look at it, and if it feels right, I'll do a talk on it. Because I always like to hear, what do you want to hear about? What would support your practice, or your awakening, or how to, how to live the Dharma 24-7? Okay, so let's just take a moment sharing the merit of our good fortune to be here together, to practice together, to wake up together, to learn together, to realize the Dharma together. May our good fortune go out in every direction, touching beings in every world, in every realm, in every domain of reality. May all beings be happy and peaceful May all beings be free from suffering, free from dukkha, free from misunderstanding the truth of our goodness. May we all wake up and discover how we're good like the earth. And that may that goodness continue to awaken until we and all beings are free together. Everybody, good to be with you. Thank you for your time, presence, being here for your dana, for everything. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>